Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive at 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. How's your week, y'all? Busy. Busy, busy, busy. Mine was pretty all right. I got to cook for the first time in my house. <gasps> good yes. in a while. But it got ruined today, guys. It got ruined. Your kitchen got ruined? No, my week. Oh, that's good. Oh. Why? What happened? Ellie, we got a call and Ellie got sent home from school today. Oh, snap. Things just got real. Yep. So. Oh, man. A little disappointed. Yeah. It happens. That's what everybody says, but I don't know. Still didn't prepare you. Nothing prepares you for that moment. Strong, independent woman who is not afraid to stick up for what she can. (laughs) Did she get into fisticuffs on the playground? No, she didn't want to take a nap. Not only did she not want to take a nap, she got up and ran around and tried to wake up all the other kids. Because <laughs> she's a leader. She is yep. exhibiting leadership skills. She's trying to get yep. people on board. Yep. <laughs> My mother-in-law always says, there are moments in your life where you blink and it's over. And so there are moments in your life as a parent when all you do is this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So... I love it. So, yeah, other than that, for, listen, for listeners who couldn't see, she was blinking rapidly. Just <laughs> you don't think they picked up on that? You don't I'm think the sure. microphone picked up the fluttering of my eyelids? I heard the butterfly wings. Yeah. <laughs> so, I officially started on my new team at work this week. So, it's been. Very oh, you did? How'd it go? How's the new boss? Uh, she's amazing. Yay. And yeah, she's awesome. Yay. Friday, she took me out for coffee in the morning just to, you know, get to know one another and talk expectations that is, and stuff. That is cool. What did she order for uh, coffee? We'll decide if that was cool or not. Same thing uh, I did. Are you going to judge her based on her coffee <laughs> selections? That's such a Tom thing to do. Well, no, I judge heavily on coffee, guys. I'm not <laughs> she, she actually ordered the same thing Sarah always gets. Well, that's a good sign. Unless, I don't know. What does Sarah, Sarah always gets get? like hot water. No, like a skinny caramel macchiato or something like that. So brown sugar water. What but do you get, Tom? I, me? Yeah. Uh, it depends. Today I, today I had a, a quad Americano at Chimera. What's was, a quad Americano? Americano is my favorite. Americano with four shots instead of two. Oh. And I like a to, freebasing Americano. I tell them to adjust the ratio because I don't like as much water. It was an airship brew from Airship in uh, Bentonville, Arkansas. Great roaster. Such a, you are really our coffee snob, aren't you? <laughs> coffee and beer. I am. Christine Christine does not like going to coffee shops with me. I <laughs> her. 
because <laughs> so, on more than one occasion, I've watched them making my coffee, and I'm like, um, no, this is what you need to do. Oh, Tom. So this Starbucks that we went to, like, yeah. So it's the one I go to every morning before work, and I told Sarah and my coworkers this. Like, I think everyone like knows you. There's this barista there who I'm pretty sure flirts with me. And Sarah rolls her eyes because she thinks everyone, I think everyone flirts with me. But this girl really does. (laughs) But so like I walked, I walked in with my boss and she was there. She's like, oh, hi, I haven't seen you in a while because she hadn't been working the drive-thru. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she is flirting with you. So anyway, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Monday and Tuesday now completely like I don't exist. And I was thinking to myself, what changed? And then I realized, oh my God, I walked in with my boss and my boss bought me coffee. Yep. And so she probably like wasn't happy with that. She probably thought it was not an employer employee (laughs) meeting. That's not a bad thing though, right? Given the fact that you married (laughs) It's not a bad thing, but it's kind of like I'm a friendly person. I enjoy the banter, so it's kind of like now I'm iced out at my coffee shop. Oh, and are you afraid she's going to spit in it? Yeah, that's another worry. <laughs> that you're going to pull a rust. Well, I wasn't until just now. <laughs> so I'm going to – so my plan is next time I go, and I'm going to be like – Man, it was really nice. My boss bought me coffee last week. <laughs> You're overthinking this a little bit. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony, Anthony. Oh, man. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> In other... Yay, good boss. <laughs> no, I'm happy. I like my whole, I like my whole team. Good. So. You're the Chandler of our team. Nobody knows what you do. Uh, he's, a, he's a trans sponsor. that's not even a word (laughs) so some Christmassy news this week did you guys see Matt Haig's book uh, A Boy Called Christmas is being turned into a Netflix film oh snap it's another Santa origin story Julia and it's starring Jim Bronbed, Kristen Wiig, Sally Hawkins Toby Jones, Maggie Smith a bunch of other people it's based, on it. a, it's based on a book series, a children's book series, which I never heard of. Have you guys before this so This news? cover looks familiar. Now, you know, though, you saw the bad news, right, Anthony? It's not getting an American theatrical release. I saw it's, it's on Netflix. Netflix. I know, but like, it looks like a Christmas movie I'd want to go to the theater and see. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So, so for those so of you who don't know what it's about, though, 11-year-old no. Nicholas, named Chris, nicknamed Christmas, has received only one toy in his life, a doll carved out of a turnip, but is happy with his turnip doll because it came from his parents who love him. And one day his father goes missing, and Nicholas must travel to the North Pole to save him. Along the way, befriends a surly reindeer, bests a troublesome troll, and discovers a hidden world of enchantment in the frozen village of Elfham. But the elves of Elfham have troubles of their own. Christmas spirit and goodwill are an all-time low, and Nicholas may be the only person who can fix things. If only he can reach his father before it's too late. So it sounds fun. It does. And I just bought that paperback. I did that earlier today. <laughs> Not even now. Oh yeah, no. I literally just clicked it. <laughs> Done. I I bought all on three at once. I figured I'd like it. Have you read any of Matt Haig's stuff, by the way? Either of you? 
I now, have I not. Guess not consciously. I've read some of his, um, you know, adult novels. These are kid novels. But mm-hmm. I just read last year, How to Stop Time. And that's a freaking amazing book. So I highly really? recommend it. Yep. And you said that's an adult one? Yeah, that's an adult novel. Yep. Okay. Interesting. I think I'm getting the audio book uh, right now. So we posted this on Reddit. And listener Sherelle said, Maggie Smith is in. Count me in. And then Disco 54 chimed in. We have to trust Netflix now. Christmas Chronicles prove they can do it. So I believe this will be great. They are beyond Hallmark quality and into the bigger leagues. And G.J. Davila agreed. I agree too. Yep. And I was excited for this film until I read that comment because I still do not like that movie. (laughs) But But you have to admit from a production value, from a quality perspective, it, mm, it it is not... I hope they have a better production value than those elves in that film. I'll give you the, the elves, but like the cinematography, like looking at, you know. Every, everything else, yes. Yeah. And I trust the cast. And it makes me feel somewhat better that this is going to get a theatrical release elsewhere. So I'm hoping. Uh, I think like know. in, what did I read? Like Australia, China, the UK. Yeah. So hopefully, um, yeah, that makes a difference too. Because... Yeah, as we know, I'm not a fan of the Christmas Chronicles. You're insane. There are actually Hallmark movies I'd choose to watch over the Christmas Chronicles. So that's. Did you? I thought you liked that movie. Nope. Still way better than Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Well. Oh, there are three books. A Boy Called Christmas is three books, huh? Oh, it's almost like you weren't listening to me two minutes ago where I said when I said I ordered all three at once. Oh, I wasn't. I was looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie. Sorry, Anthony. Oh, oh, oh we're off to a good start tonight, guys. Oh, i we're gonna be off for a great start tonight. I mean it's gonna be a repeat of Emmett Otter. You guys all we love Marvel. I mean, like this movie was terrible. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know. Tonight, we are covering, it wasn't Disney at the time, so Marvel's 2013 Shane Black-directed film, Iron Man 3, just in time for Endgame, which came out like five days ago. So, Julia, do you want to give us a plot synopsis? Yeah. Plagued with worry and insomnia since saving New York from destruction, Tony Stark is now more dependent on the suits that give him his Iron Man persona, so much so that every aspect of his life is affected, including his relationship with Pepper. After a malevolent enemy known as the Mandarin reduces his personal world to rubble, Tony must rely solely on instinct and ingenuity to avenge his losses and protect the people he loves. That was a good one. I like that one. Thanks, Google. But I'll take credit for it. I obviously (laughs) uploaded it into Google, so I'll take credit for that. (laughs) So this film was directed by Shane Black, who has a history of uh, setting films at Christmas time. Whether or not they're Christmas films, that's um, we will debate each time we cover his films. But some of his other stuff are Lethal Weapon, set at Christmas. Lethal Weapon 2, The Monster Squad, which I love that movie. Last Action Hero, The Long Kiss Goodnight, set at Christmas. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, set at Christmas. The Nice Guy, set at Christmas. The Predator, the upcoming Doc Savage. And he starred as Rich Hawkins in the original Predator. Oh. Um, Wow. 
And he was asked why Christmas is a touchstone for him in an interview with Entertainment Weekly a few years back. And he had an interesting answer. He said, Christmas represents a little stutter in the march of days, a hush in which we have a chance to assess and retrospect our lives. I tend to think also that Justin Forms has a backdrop. The first time I noticed it was Three Days of the Condor, the Sidney Pollack film, where Christmas in the background adds this really odd, chilling counterpoint to the espionage plot. I also think Christmas is just a thing of beauty, especially as it applies to places like Los Angeles, where it's not so obvious, and you have to dig for it like little nuggets. One night on Christmas Eve, I walked past a Mexican lunch wagon serving tacos, and I saw this little string, and on it was a little broken plastic figurine with a light bulb inside of it, of the Virgin Mary. And I thought that's just a little hidden piece of magic. You know, all around the city are little slices, little icons of Christmas that are as effective and beautiful in and out of themselves as any 40-foot Christmas tree on the lawn of the White House. So that, in a lot of words, is the answer. So hmm. that's interesting. Huh. So this film was also written by Shane Black, who wrote most of the films I just mentioned for him. And it was also written by Drew Pierce, who did this film, the All Hail the King Marvel one-shot, which featured... Trevor Slattery in jail. There's a documentary following him around in jail, which is actually pretty funny. Ben Kingsley reprised the role. <laughs> he wrote Hotel Artemis, which just came out last year, and he conceived the story for Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. I love that movie. I love that movie. I love that. <laughs> so this film stars Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark slash Iron Man. And besides, like, 20 other Marvel films, he's mm. also starred in Weird Science, Less Than Zero, Chaplin, Ally McBeal, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, Zodiac, Tropic Thunder, Sherlock Holmes, Sherlock Holmes, Game of Shadows, Sherlock Holmes 3, which is coming out next year, and The Voyage of Dr. Doolittle, which is coming out next year, among a lot of other stuff, but I tend to just pull from the top of their Wikipedia pages, which tend to be their most uh, well-known stuff anyway. Do either of you have a favorite Robert Downey Jr. movie? There's a great divide between his catalog of movies. Sherlock's always going to be my favorite Robert Downey Jr., I think. Really? That's cool. Uh, I mean, aside from Tony Stark, because he is Tony Stark, I feel like he is just one of those. I mean, there's a lot of good casting in superhero films, but he is. Like, they're just people who are the character and will always be associated with the character, whether they're recast or not. Mm. And I think. Robert Downey Jr. is that for Tony Stark. Besides that, though, I really liked Tropic Thunder. But uh, yeah, Sherlock was also really good. I can't wait for the third one. I can't believe you didn't list this Christmas Muppets movie. What? Isn't it a Christmas Muppets movie? Uh-huh. Mr. Wallaby's Christmas Tree in 1995. It's a Muppets movie? Mm-hmm. So is that your answer, Tom? No, I've never <laughs> seen it. I just saw it on here. <laughs> uh... Probably Home for the Holidays. I can't even think of what the cover of that looks like. Give me a second. Holly Hunter's in it. Oh, uh, I despise that movie. Dysfunctional Family to the Max. I know it is. So I know when we get to that movie, we'll talk about this. I don't know oh, if we yeah. movie. It's a Thanksgiving film, not a Christmas movie. I know it has holidays in the title. We should at least cover it. <laughs> we covered Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. We set the precedent yep. for covering Thanksgiving films. Yep. This film also stars Gwyneth Paltrow who's Pepper Potts, and she has been in a lot of stuff as well. She was in Seven, Emma, Shakespeare in Love, The Royal Tenenbaums, Shallow Hal. She was on Glee for a few episodes. She was in Sliding Doors and A Perfect Murder. Do we have a favorite Gwyneth Paltrow? I'm not a huge Gwyneth Paltrow fan. 
Um, Me either. But if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Emma because I really love that movie. Mine would be Seven. I love Seven. Seven. I think I'm going to go with you on Seven or... What's in the uh, box? Oh, we knew what was in the box. But she has nothing to do. She was in Hook, though, guys. She is. She's the young... I'm going to go with Hook. (laughs) Hook is my favorite movie with her in it. (laughs) That's fair. So it's really not so much what do you like Gwyneth Paltrow most in. It's what movie like the most that she happens to be in that's an important that's an important distinction actually if we make that distinction hook will also be my answer (laughs) i don't i just don't love gwyneth paltrow yeah she was really good in contagion (gasps) yes she was that's awesome i will say her best role was contagion i will agree with you i mean she was in it like for 15 minutes but she was excellent she was good yeah she's terrifying so john favreau is also in this film as Happy Hogan. Mm-hmm. I love John Favreau. Spoiler alert. He's been in a lot of stuff. We'll talking about him in depth this summer, he's, won't we? Yes. Some of the movies he's starred in or been in include Rudy, Swingers, Very Bad Things. He's been in Friends. He was in The Breakup, Couples Retreat, Four Christmases, Chef, Elf. So putting Elf aside, because I... We all lo- know we love Elf. And same with Friends, because we all love Friends. So I'm taking those two off the table. What have you liked John Favreau in? Four Christmases. Swingers. Couples Retreat. Man, we all had different answers. I loved I loved him. I can't wait till we cover Four Christmases. Don Cheadle stars as James Rohde, a.k.a. War Machine, a.k.a. The Iron Patriot in this film. And he's been in Colors, Devil in a Blue Dress, Rosewood, Boogie Nights, Out of Sight, Traffic, Ocean's Eleven, Hotel Rwanda, and House of Lies. I like Don Cheadle a lot better than the original War Machine, Terrence Howard. I just like Don Cheadle in general. He's amazing. Yeah. What's, your, what's your favorite Don Cheadle? Hotel Rwanda. Me too. Uh, I, I did like him. He was um, Frederick Douglass in Drunk History. Oh, really? This is I the second time you've chosen a drunk history episode for mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not choosing that one. I just wanted to point it out because I love drunk history. Um, I think I probably would like him best in Kevin Hart What Now, his documentary about Kevin Hart. I'm totally kidding. Hotel Rwanda. I know Tom hates Kevin Hart. Why is he? <laughs> no, no. Hotel really? for Dogs. Oh, I can't. Mm-mm. Do you like Hotel? Did y'all see Hotel for Dogs? Yes. He was just this sweet, kind social worker mm-hmm. who loved kids. It was. No. Oh. He was sweet. I liked him in that a lot. Hmm. When he was in Drunk History, just so y'all know, Will Ferrell played Abe Lincoln. So it was <laughs> Will Ferrell and Don Cheeto. Oh, man. I really need to find somewhere to watch that. It's HBO, right? No. No, it's on regular cable. Or is it it's, not, it's like true, t- true TV, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it's something like that. It's like one of the regular cable channels. Is it real? Yeah. Hmm. Seriously, okay. you, you should watch that one. Like, who else was in it? Um, Zoe Deschanel. Oh, yeah? Was in that episode, yeah. Mary, Link- Mary Todd Lincoln. It was good. So Ben Kingsley plays the Mandarin, a.k.a. Trevor. <laughs> And uh, I can't even with him in this movie. He steals <laughs> the entire movie. 
Doesn't he do that in most movies, though? Honestly? He does. He does. He, he's an amazing actor. He's been in Gandhi. He won the Oscar for that one. He he's deserved in, the Oscar for that one. Yeah, he did. He's in Schindler's List, Twelfth Night, Sexy Beast, House of Sand and Fog, Lucky Number Slevin, Shutter Island, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, Hugo, The Box Trolls, the most recent Disney live-action animated Jungle Book, amongst many other things. AI. What's your favorite? AI. Bagheera. Uh, yes, Bagheera. He was Bagheera. Yep. He was an AI, and um, well, I didn't like it with him. He did a great job in Ender's Game, and I would, did not really. I didn't love the 2013 Ender's Game, but he did a great job as always. Me either, and I love that book. But wasn't he good? I mean, he he, he was very good. He was very good. I have to he, go with. I mean, is can we really say that anything is better than his portrayal of Gandhi? Nope, I can't. I have not seen it. No, no. I was taken to see that movie when it came out in theaters when I was how old, and I fell asleep in it. I've never revisited it. I need to definitely. It was an age thing then, right? I think it like, was right. like. Before we were born, I thought. When is it from? Well, when I'm was, sure it was the dollar theater. When was Gandhi made? Wait a second. It wasn't. It wasn't Gandhi. When was Gandhi it made? It came out eighty two. Are you talking about was it? English Patient? No, no. I was old enough to enjoy the English Patient. Um, I'm still not old enough to enjoy the English Patient. <laughs> Me. It either. has Ray Fiennes in it. What's not to enjoy? The pacing. <laughs> the story. It's just a whole lot of his face. You just fast forward the parts in between. One of my favorite It was Seinfeld Empire of the Sun. That's the movie they took me to when I was really young and I was bored to tears. And I quite enjoy that movie now. I haven't seen it. The English Patient subplot of Seinfeld was one of my favorites. Raylene just couldn't understand the hype that everyone has with it. <laughs> my favorite, what are we doing? Favorite movie he happens to star in or favorite movie he stars in? Your favorite Ben Kingsley. Well, I'm going to answer both. My favorite Ben Kingsley is Schindler's List. My favorite movie oh. Ben Kingsley has been in is Sneakers because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. River Phoenix, Robert Redford. Have y'all seen that movie? Have we, I, I know we've talked about. about this before. Haven't we, Anthony? The brain that remembers everything. <laughs> we've discussed uh, sneakers before I, sneakers I is one of, i actually don't think we have discussed sneakers before sneakers is one of the greatest movies ever created it was dan ba dan Aykroyd in it and city is in it yes yep. you oh. gotta see the movie like this weekend i will do that blind eating challenge if y'all will watch sneakers you promised us you'd do that anyway you can't renege now or negotiate terms now. i'll do it this weekend <laughs> if you watch this movie I want to talk about this movie and you guys are my movie talker abouters and this movie is awesome. It is I will watch so it before good. our next recording. It or is not. such good eighties computers too, that you just, your mind will literally, it'd be like watching war games, but funny and with Robert Redford and river Phoenix and Ben Kingsley. Sydney Poitier. Okay. So Guy Pierce is also in this movie and he plays Aldra Killian and he was in Neighbors, the Australian show. The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, L.A. Confidential, Memento, The Count of Monte Cristo, The Road, The King's Speech, Prometheus. So I think all three of us are in agreement with Memento, right? Uh, yeah. Or Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. That movie was terrible. That movie was hilarious. <laughs> 
Patrick Swayze makes a convincing woman. I will say that. <laughs> His jawbone is like a dangerous. Like his whole jaw structure, it's bizarre when he doesn't have a beard. Have you seen it? No. I'm serious. That's what Guy Pierce is known for. The jaw and the he acting. Didn't have a, he didn't have a beard in this. No, but the guy's got like a ridiculous jawbone. It's like this whole jaw structure. I love him. He's great. Memento messed me up for a really long time. I put it right up there with um, Usual Suspects, actually. Oh, The Usual Suspects. Yeah. And I love Memento. Not Don't love Guy Pearce. Rebecca Hall is also in this movie as Maya Hansen. And she was in The Chamomile Lawn, Starter for Ten, The Prestige, Vicky Christina Barcelona, Frost Nixon, The Town, The Awakening, Transcendence, The Gift, Professor Marston and the Wonder Women and Christine. Do you have a fa- have you do you, have you seen those movies? She's been in quite a few. I didn't realize. Sorry, in the BFG. <laughs> I don't know. She's not really on a level where I have a favorite. I like her though. She's a really good actress. She is. Paul Bettany has a voice cameo in this film as Jarvis, Tony Stark's computerized AI in the Iron Man suit before he's turned into Vision. So besides all of the future Marvel movies in which he becomes Division, Paul Bettany has been in A Knight's Tale, A Beautiful Mind, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, Dogville, Wimbledon, The Da Vinci Code, Solo, A Star Wars Story, Margin Call, a million other things. My favorite Paul Bettany is A Knight's Tale, though. I love that movie. I do, too. I like A Beautiful Mind. I do, too. I do, too. I was looking at our, our priest, had, had I, he had his notes out a couple weeks ago for his homily. And I looked at it and I was like, have you seen the movie A Beautiful Mind? I was like, no, why? I was like, I think you should. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the end was happening in the altar. <laughs> <laughs> and the last person to note in this movie is Ty Simpkins, who plays Harvey Keener. And he was in Insidious, Insidious Chapter 2, Jurassic World, and the just-released Avengers Endgame. Is he one of those flame ball guys? No, is Ty Simpkins those... is the little kid. Oh, the little kid. Got it. Sorry. So by the time you're listening to this, I'm sure most of you who are Marvel fans will probably have seen Endgame, judging by the ticket sales. So we'll find out why he's in that movie. But that's interesting to me. That is interesting. So, what is your history with this film and Marvel Comics and the MCU overall? Why don't we start with the negative first? So, Tom, why don't you go? Ladies first, Tom. All right, when I was a kid, I liked Marvel uh, as a little kid. One of my bath toys I remember from being a child was the Incredible Hulk. You'd squeeze him and he would suck in water and you'd squeeze it out. It's pretty epic. I liked Incredible Hulk as a kid. Marvel just didn't keep my attention. I just did not really get into the Marvel universe at all. For me, I was a lot more into DC. I still am. I still just like the DC. I like the way DC is written. I like the style. I like the movies more. So I had not seen this movie. I have now, and it's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> should not be on the podcast. <laughs> How about you, Julia? <laughs> I'm the opposite of Tom. I way prefer Marvel Universe to DC Comics. I like the kitsch and the bright colors and the funniness that comes with Marvel that doesn't seem to come with DC quite as much. Um, This movie, Marty and I 
are in disagreement that we saw it together. We're in disagreement where we saw it together. I think we saw it in the movie theaters. He thinks we saw it on the couch at home. So I don't remember, but we saw it not too long after it came out in one form or another. Um, And I'd forgotten a lot about this movie, actually. Like how much I enjoyed it. You mean you don't catch on FX when it's playing every single weekend? (laughs) Is it on every, this one particularly? This one has been on a lot lately. Really? I have not caught Uh, that. Yes, I grew up on comic books, Marvel and DC. Uh, I liked both. Prefer DC. But the MCU, for the most part, has been knocking it out with the films, knocking it out of the park with the films. I saw this film opening night, like I do with all Marvel movies. As a kid, though, Iron Man was never one of my favorites growing up. It was always Spider-Man and the X-Men in terms of the Marvel heroes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Agreed. But, but Robert Downey Jr., I, I love him as Iron Man. It, and it's... Because of him, we have a whole Marvel Cinematic Universe in general. Because if that first one flopped, if it wasn't for him, they never would have kept making movies. They leveraged all of their properties against as a loan to make that movie. On a guy that just came out of rehab. So stroke of brilliance on John Favreau's part. Absolutely. Especially since Tom Cruise's name was bandied about by the studio. <gasps> wow. Yes. That would have been the worst thing ever. Yep. He's too short to be Iron Man. He's too Tom Cruise to be Iron Man. That's also a valid point. (laughs) So I'm curious. I kind of want, before we jump in, just to see what your Marvel sensibilities are. I want us to rank the films from least favorite to favorite, excluding Endgame. And any other movie we have not seen. Okay. I'm going to put an asterisk at the front of this. Here are the ones I have not seen yet, so they will not be on my list. I've not seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I've not seen either Ant-Man. I've not seen Captain Marvel or Black Panther. Okay, so least favorite to most favorite. And I will also say this list changes on a daily basis, (laughs) except for the top few. So there we go. Least favorite, number 16, Iron Man 2. Did not like it. Number 15, Captain America, the First Avenger. 14, Iron Man 1. 13, Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. 12 is Thor. 11 is Thor the Dark World. 10 would be Civil War. 9, Age of Ultron. 8, Guardians of the Galaxy 1. 7, Captain America the Winter Soldier. 6, Iron Man 3. 5, Infinity War. 4, Doctor Strange. 3, The Avengers Original. 2, Spider-Man Homecoming. And one, Thor Ragnarok. I like my Marvel goofy and funny. By you. Okay, I'm going to go because I think Anthony put a lot more thought into this and deserves to go last. Yeah. Like, he should be the climax of this. He's going to make me rethink my list, by the way. <laughs> I don't think so. Mm. <laughs> okay. Okay, based on the ones that I've seen that I remember correctly, um, I'm taking, I, I am leaving out Ant-Man because I did not finish it but it's on the bottom of my list because I did not like it. So I think I'm going to go Incredible Hulk, bottom, Iron Man 3, Iron Man, Avengers, the first one, whatever that was, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Guardians 2, Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, 
Guardians 1 and Doctor Strange. All right. So for Marvel fans, this is nowhere near a good list of canonical mo- how a canonical movie should be ranked, I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm going to start mine with an asterisk like Julia did and say uh, things at the bottom. I still like, I like all of the Marvel films. I just like some less than others. Like, mm-hmm. so if something's at the bottom, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just I didn't like it as much as the ones at the top. Mm-hmm. But in my mind all of the Marvel films have at least been at the very least good and en- they've all been enjoyable. So. Oh, I will definitely agree with that. Yeah. So it's in no way an insult to any of them. And I wanted to make that clear because I know fan boys and girls online take their nerdiness seriously. So bottom of my list, Thor, the dark world, then the incredible Hulk, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Thor, Captain America, The First Avenger, Iron Man 2, Ant-Man, Captain Marvel, Thor Ragnarok, Avengers Age of Ultron, Iron Man 3, The Avengers, Black Panther, Spider-Man Homecoming, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America Civil War, and Avengers Infinity War. Wow, it's at the top of your list? Yeah, it is. I have got to rewatch like, it. You can't, they're all together. It's just yeah. spectacular. But what I want to see the most, I think, that I have not seen yet is Captain America the Winter Soldier. Good list. I got some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just go ahead and put the next Spider-Man movie like at the top of my list as well? Is that just because Tom Holland's in it and you already know you're going to love it? He is literally the best Spider-Man that has ever Spider-Maned. He is Spider-Man. I don't know. I would call uh, the one in Home uh, Into the Spider-Verse give him a run for his money. Oh, well, non-animated. And Into the Spider-Verse can totally exist alongside Tom Holland because it is a multiverse. That's true. Well, that would mean every Marvel film not in the MCU could totally exist because it's a multiverse. I suppose that's true. Have you seen it yet, Tom? No. Gosh, you've got to see that movie. So good. You will love it. It is so, number one on your list. Can I tell you a story about that movie? So yeah. I babysit my cousin's kid who's like five. Yeah. And he loves that movie. So, you know, his uncle teaches him, hey, you know, to talk to a girl. But yeah. <laughs> So at his <laughs> fifth birthday a few weeks ago, his little friend Ava was over and he went up to her and put his hand on her shoulder. It's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most adorable thing. Did he have consent? <laughs> it was the most adorable thing. That's hilarious. Anyway, Iron Man 3. For those who don't know, this takes place in the immediate aftermath of the first Avengers film. And Tony Stark is kind of going through a PTSD now that his whole world has changed because aliens exist and gods who shoot lightning out of hammers exist. And he's just kind of rocked to his core and obsessed with preparing for the next threat by just constantly trying to improve his technology and build more suits of armor. And it's putting a strain on his relationship with Pepper. It felt a bit Napoleon complexy. (laughs) I mean, like, the series, like, I don't know. He came across as like really insecure. Yeah. And that's the point. 
I know, but I don't like that in a superhero. Oh, I liked that about this one. So I'm not an Iron Man fan. And it's because just the nature of his character, it's not enough redemption for me. Although now I see they were playing the long game with Iron Man's character specifically, because I find that aside from Iron Man 2, which should not exist, that they he gets so much better with every movie. And I had forgotten how much I liked this movie. Or maybe I just needed more time and distance and some of the Avengers movies to appreciate this one. But I like that they're giving him more humanity. And I love what they do with the kid in this movie and the way that it brings out his insecurities and the way he, the kid mentors the adult and some very funny exchanges there as well. I like that. So I like movies or comics in general, TV shows that strip the hero down to nothing. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of stripped to their just core of who they are to survive. It's mm-hmm. like they did the same thing in Spider-Man Homecoming, right? You don't, if you can't do it without the suit, you don't deserve to wear the suit. That's what he tells Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the journey he goes on in this movie. If he can't do it without the suit, he doesn't deserve to wear the suit. And he's without mm-hmm. the suit the majority of this film, stripped down to nothing but his brain, the mechanic he calls himself. And that's mm-hmm. what the kid calls him. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably the aspect I like most about this. I just He's back to I mean, being the guy is, who came from the cave with a pile of scraps in the first Iron right. Man. It's the hero's journey. It is in every Superman. I mean, it's in every super story at some point or another. And I think that's why I like him. Because like you said, I like the stripping down of. So what I don't think I like about him, and I don't know if you guys have this problem, I cannot remove my thoughts of Iron Man from comparisons with Batman. Yes. I just can't. And I don't, I don't have like, that hang up. Well, he I is the Mar- Marvel's version of the Batman. Right. He is. Right. He's gadgets, and I, I, I get that. Gadgets, rich. You but know, it, it doesn't. It's not intertwined with me. Because I don't have the DC history, I'll do. Right. Um, I just I compare it. I just continually compare him to Batman, and he falls short, and he's weak, and shallow. I don't know. Yeah. Gosh, he he's really old. is like him, even the family history and everything. But he's so he much worse at the end of the day. Huh. Jarvis's Alfred. Holy crap. Yeah, he makes an AI Alfred because he's not. And Jar and Jar, well, no, Jarvis in the comics is a butler. They AI'd him up for the movie because they were afraid of the comparisons to Batman. Oh, that's stupid. <laughs> that would have made me even just that little touch of humanity would make me like him more. Huh. But I love Jarvis as an AI. I love Jarvis. Yeah. And I love his nonverbal hand robot that's always passing him tools and equipment. And so yeah, okay, no, that is cool. That was hilarious. <laughs> Is he um, in all the Iron Mans? He is. He is? Okay. See, again. <laughs> so speaking of his workshop, right off the bat, he's in his workshop trying to figure out this technology that summons a suit to him. Mm-hmm. Like, right off the bat, it's a film set at Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree on that. It's not a Christmas movie, but a film set at Christmas. Okay, see, but, when, I said, when I said it wasn't a Christmas movie, Anthony had me worried that we were going to have a debate here. Uh, it really did. No. No. Just like, the only, and cagey. just like the only other comic book movie we've covered so far, Batman Returns, is a movie set at Christmas. It wasn't a Christmas movie. Although I would argue that one looked more Christmassy than this one. I would agree. But I liked right off the bat in this film... He's in his workshop. Some funky version of Jingle Bells is playing as he's kind of grooving along, working on his tech. 
So right off the bat, kind of put me in the mood watching this film. Mm-hmm. He's got a Christmas tree up in there. He's got a Christmas tree up. Which is nice. And when he eventually gets his house blown up and ends up in Tennessee, I think. Mm-hmm. It's snowing and the town is covered in lights. And I really like thought that town was pretty. The little main yeah. city. The town was pretty. It did. Oh, it did have home. a Christmas feel. Okay, so I re- one of the things about this film that I remember vividly before this movie came out, yeah, was the, were the trailers where they were really playing up Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin, like oh, just like oh my god, he's gonna be such an amazing villain. Like he's. <laughs> Do you did you read Iron Man comics as a kid, Julia? No. So for those who don't know, the Mandarin in the comics is basically Tony Stark's arch nemesis. He's supposed to be the Joker to Tony Stark's Batman. And when Ben Kingsley was cast, everyone was like, oh my God, this is perfect. He's perfect for the role. Especially in the the trailers, he was doing the creepy, you'll never see me coming type voice. And like, everyone was so hyped for him. And then this movie kind of pulls a little twist, which (laughs) I personally didn't mind it. But a lot of hardcore fans of the comic series, so you'll find a lot of Marvel diehards hate this movie because of Ben Kingsley, because of what they did to the Mandarin. And like when I kind of tried to defend my point of view, like I liked it, it was unexpected. They were like, well, imagine if you watched a Batman movie and the Joker just washed his face off like halfway through and it wasn't really the Joker the whole time and it was just some random guy. Like... And when they put it that way, I could get it. But not having the real deep history with the Iron Man comics like I do Batman, like I liked the twist when we found out Trevor was a paid down on his like actor. <laughs> Just like with an a substance alcohol problem. <laughs> with a substance problem. Watching the football. Ole, 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 ole. <laughs> oh man. I just laughed and laughed when you roll up in there and He's Trevor and not the Mandarin, very clearly. It felt like a crap move to make. I I don't know. Oh, it made me laugh. But I, 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 I have no history. I, I don't, it was the idea I, that there is a Mandarin out there still. So I think Marvel kind of retconned that when they saw the reaction to this movie. Because mm-hmm. like I think the idea was originally Aldrich Killian was supposed to be the Mandarin, right? He's mm-hmm. the Mandarin version. But in the one shot, All Hail the King, which they released on the DVD with this, mm-hmm. it showed Trevor in jail, like kind of being like worshipped in jail by people for pulling off this big con. And mm-hmm. then uh, he ends up getting killed or threatened in jail by somebody sending regards from the real Mandarin. So there's an idea that the real Mandarin is out there. And Marvel, I think, again, Marvel just kind of on that when they saw oh crap a lot of our fans are really pissed off with this yeah and that's another thing for me i mean i separate the comedy that i like like i went into deadpool expecting comedy and loved it i went into guardians of the galaxy expecting comedy and loved it throwing comedy in something that's supposed to be like if they just started making a batman and throw in comedic elements like they did in here i wouldn't like it and i think iron man is funny I was thinking like himself is funny. I wasn't expecting that side of a superhero story. Well, no, no, no. I see what Tom means. I I'm with you, Tom. Like I Iron Man is funny in his sarcastic way, but like, especially if you go back and watch the advertising for this film, they were not advertising this as a comedy at all. No, it did not look like one. 
He this was like he's getting everything taken away from him. Like they were advertising this as a dark action packed movie. There was no jokes in that trailer. So like yeah, I can understand why people were annoyed because it was just kind of a tonal shift right out from under you. So I get what you're saying, Tom. Yeah. Although I'll push back that there was a decade where Batman was funny in the comics and it spawned the Adam West TV series. It did. It did. That's not the Batman I loved growing up, though. You know what I mean? Like, for me, no, Batman I is Frank Miller. Like, always will be. Yep, I get but, it. So, anyway. So, the one of the my other complaints about this film, and I like this film, it's ranked pretty high on my list, is the villain's plot is a little overly convoluted with the whole injecting people with these extremists. Uh, extremist the extremist virus which is supposed to heal them but makes them like burn up and then yeah on top of that you have the fake mandarin threatening they want to kill the president and the vice president's kind of behind it and it's just a little the villain's pause a little overly convoluted i would have preferred a straight up mandarin just threatening tony stark type thing yes thank you I like how me and you are in agreement on this, Tom, and yet I know when we go to rankings, me and you are going to be wildly divergent. <laughs> you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to rank it objectively without my preconceived notions about Marvel. I'm going to try to not bring that in. While we're on this topic, though, and talking Batman versus Iron Man, Queen Phoenix, what do you think? That trailer was awesome. It is going to be amazing. Laughs gave me chills. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I haven't watched it yet. Oh my gosh. It looks so good. It looks crazy. And he's getting so much hate from movie Heath Ledger Batman fans who don't really, who aren't true Batman fans, I would say, honestly. Because they don't understand that Heath Ledger took his own liberties with creating what the Joker was and wasn't true. To, anyway. Uh, that's just real quick before you move on for that, since you brought it up, that final line of the trailer though, where he says, I always thought my life was a tragedy, but now I realize it's a comedy. Oh, oh perfect line for the Joker. It creeped me out. Yep. So I do have to ask, what do you feel about Tony and Pepper's relationship in general? Do you buy it? No. Yeah. I, you yeah, know, I always liked Pepper Potts. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. I can't even tell you why I liked Pepper Potts, but she would never go for a guy like that. Well, and he's far too self-absorbed to really care about anything else. But right. she got her that giant rabbit for Christmas. I don't understand that rabbit. Were there boobs on that rabbit? It you're, you're, looks like it. It does it's look like it. Hand. When, you're, when it you have the like money that he has, that's what you give your girl? Mm. <laughs> well, it just shows I you think... how completely out of touch he is with her. Okay, so there's always been this push and pull, right, between Tony Stark and his Iron Man persona. Right. And, like, whether or not he could give it up, because she's clearly never been a fan of it. Right. So there is that sweet moment at the end where for Christmas, he in- and he says, Merry Christmas, he initiates a house party protocol and has all of his suits just destroyed and his arc reactor taken out. He's giving it up. Which, as a capper to the Iron Man trilogy, is a perfect ending. But then when you go into the Marvel long game, it's like, well, that's just kind of all ignored by the time you get to the next Avengers film. Yes. <laughs> Which is kind of annoying. Very annoying. <laughs> because, Very. because, again, like this is the end of the, Mar- the Iron Man trilogy. So if you're watching those three movies, yeah, perfect ending for him. Mm-hmm. Perfect ending 
in this film. He, you know, gives it all up, drives away, committed to his life with Pepper, but he knows with or without a suit, he's Iron Man in the sense, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get to Avengers Age of Ultron, still has an arc reactor. And his Is that ever explained? Still... <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, that's a bad gap. It is a bad gap. That's a really bad gap. But it annoyed yeah. you too then? It has, yes. it does annoy you. Yeah, okay. That bothered um, me very much. Yeah, it's like when I saw that part in the movie, I'm like, man, I don't remember this. And I'm like, how did he do this and then get it back? <laughs> Took me a minute. I'm like, he does, doesn't he, in the future? See, I didn't know so, that. I didn't bring that with me. And uh... for posterity's sake, since um, Endgame will be out by now and we can go back and listen to this after we've seen it. Is Tony Stark going to make it out of Endgame? And if he does, is he going to give up Iron Man for good now? I don't think he's going to make it out of Endgame. I think Endgame is his literal Endgame. Hmm. Because I think that's what we've been building to, is Iron Man making this ultimate sacrifice. This guy that does not sacrifice is going to sacrifice. I 100% agree. They hinted that in the first Avengers movie, right? Like yeah. Captain America calls him out when it comes time to lay down on the line to let the other guys escape. You're not that guy. And he says, yeah. I'll just cut the line. So I think the natural conclusion to that arc is he's going to be the one to lay it down. Yep. To let everyone else live. Yep. 100% yep. agree. But one of the things I thought was cool in the Endgame trailer, you've seen the trailers, right? Mm-hmm is when he's talking, he's talking to the Iron Man mask when he, he's addressing Pepper. He's recording his goodbye to Pepper, but it's cool. He's talking to the Iron Man mask. He says, it's you. It's always been you. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like reflective of that push and pull. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to go out on a limb and say, I think Hawkeye's family poofed into dust, and that's why he has that wicked haircut and looks so disillusioned. And I also think... I think Captain America is going to die too. Yep. Me too. Both of so, them. Yep. Which will Captain- usher in the age of the new Avengers. I don't know what's going to happen to Thor. Thor can't die. Maybe he'll just go back to Asgard and stay there. Thor's going to die. I liked his chemistry with the Guardians a lot in Infinity War. So I would totally be okay if instead of giving him his own movie, they just do like Asgardians of the Galaxy or something for the third Oh, that would be cool. Hey, is um is Valkyries in this movie? They are, right? She is at least. So is Korg and that little guy who is the Oh, Korg is in this movie? Yeah, the alien guy he was carrying his friend. This is whatever his name is. It's my favorite thing ever. Oh, I think he died. The thing that he thinks died, but he actually wasn't dead, isn't it? Yeah, he's in it. I'm so excited. I love that I, movie. <laughs> I would so love good. a spin off with those two of them. Or like yeah. a Thor movie where it's the three, four of them, Valkyrie and the two of them and Thor mm-hmm. on like an interstellar road trip or something. Yeah. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. But um, <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> and because Taika Watiti plays Korg. Mm-hmm. And so... Just real quick, because I know we all love what we do in the shadows of the movie. The TV show is pretty freaking hilarious, by the way. Is it? All right. Mm-hmm. It really is. Okay. It's not going to ruin the movie, right? No. It I mean, does. It, does a, it does a, a good it does, service it does. to the... Yeah. All right. It, okay. Nate from The Office is in it, too, and he may be my favorite character on that show. 
I just read the, some spoilers. Do you guys want me to tell them on the podcast? No. 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 No spoilers. No. Bad. You don't want to know that Thor dies? No spoilers. Okay, sorry. If, if Thor dies now, Tom, we're going to assume that well, you really read that and we're going to be pissed. I'm going to send you one of those glitter bombs in the mail. Um, no, I didn't really read the spoilers. I don't know if he does. That's my prediction. I think he's going to die and the hammer is going to get passed on. Thor? Uh, yeah. I don't think the hammer can be passed on. Oh, I think it can. Oh, I think Captain America is going to finally pick up that hammer and this one and smack Thanos in the face with it. Oh, that would be cool. I think the only person that'll be able to handle that hammer is Captain Marvel. I think Captain America, because I hinted before, he was the only one who could try to even budget. Because he's so pure. Yep. Captain Marvel's definitely can. She's not pure enough. She's like too cocky for that. Oh, really? I haven't mm-hmm. seen it. Mark Ruffalo admitted that in the alternative ending for Avengers Infinity War, Hulk died. Yeah, I think they shot endings where they all got dusted. Oh, interesting. I thought it been in, the, in the comic in Ragnarok, didn't Thor die? Or am I crazy? He did die in the comic. Yeah, correct. so he's got to die at some point. Because Ragnarok's the end You don't got to. <laughs> you don't got to. No, he's, he's got to. Just like Captain America mantle gets passed down, the Thor mantle gets passed down. The Thor, yeah, the Thor <laughs> hammer will go down. It's the next Thor's a woman. Oh, I see what you're saying. Got it. Yeah. Okay. In just another iteration of Thor. Yeah. I thought it was like a, a per, like a person, the different person, a not Thor person. Well, yeah. no, it is. In the comics, Jane Foster becomes Thor. She's a woman Thor. Yeah, but, but she becomes I Thor. I don't think Natalie Portman's going to come back. Oh, what? I really hope not. So why? There's so many holes in the Avengers world. Right. I would imagine there's just as many holes in the DC world. You're just yes, but I'm them. not skeptical of the DC yeah, world. Yeah, well, <laughs> there it is. No, that's not true. I, I was uh, the um, the Batman vs Superman was um, an abomination. Um, we explain the holes in one way: multiverse. Why doesn't multiple dimensions in which different possibilities can exist at the same time? Why doesn't Doctor Strange just trap? Thanos in some sort of like time loop where he can't escape, where he's in some sort of weird space time continuum. Oh, uh, if you watched, in- done that. <laughs> if you watched, oh, do it again. If you it? watched Infinity War, he looked into the future and saw every single possible ending, all six thousand, six million, whatever of them, and only one specific thing outcome. He trapped oh. Uramamu in the Infinity Loop. Yeah, but that wouldn't work anyway because he already said it. Oh, no, he couldn't do anything. There was only one ending in which they... Right, but I'm just, just saying from a pure plot device, they can't reuse that. <laughs> They've already yeah. used that gun on the mantle. They can't use it again. Plus, he, uh, Thanos had every other stone, so he could probably escape the time looping. Yeah. <sighs> okay. What did we think of Tony Stark's relationship with the child in this film? Harvey. Loved it. Har- that was really cool. It was, a, it was the most real human interaction I've seen out of Tony Stark, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. It wasn't My- oversold. He played it so well. The kid interacting with him, like the casting was amazing. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's what I get excited about. I loved the resolution to it where the kid came home at the end of the film and opened his garage and Tony Stark had the whole thing renovated with state of the art tech. And I loved that. Yep. You loved that because admit it, 
as a that is your childhood dream to come home and open your garage and have all of that. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Well, I, mean, I know that is for me. I was like, man, I would love to be that kid. <laughs> he even gave him the Mach 2 potato gun shooter. <laughs> That's what elevated this movie to me on my list of Marvel movies. Um, I really like the kid interaction with him and Tony Stark. I like imagining that was him when he was a kid um, because the kid's kind of sassy a bit. He even gave him advice of bullies. Yeah. I love that. I love that whole part of the movie and that carried it. And I know it's not, I mean, it's, there's definitely some time allotted to their relationship, but that carried the whole movie for me. Mm -hmm. And the action's fun. I mean, all of these movies are fun. I can sit and watch any of these, even the the worst one on my list, and still have a good time. All and honestly, the that's my only requirement from a superhero movie, frankly. The action in this film was so fun. When he calls all the suits to him at the end, and all the suits are there, and he's yeah. just launching himself from suit to suit as they keep getting destroyed, and he's fighting. Yeah. I thought that was so clever. And, and I, I love that when he's chained to the bed. And he key in the little gag with the now. Yes. Now. <laughs> and his hands tie that his physical humor was great at that moment. And then he only gets the one like foot and the one glove and he manages to escape with both. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved, loved the plane where he rescues everyone from Air Force One as they're all I did too. Together. And then the fake out when the truck hits Iron Man mid sentence and you realize he's not in the suit, he was remote controlling it. Yep. Also awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There were really good tidbits in this one. Really good. My favorite. This is my favorite Iron Man by far and outranks some other movies as well. And I like too that this movie opened up with kind of with that flashback scene from the millennium 1999 New Year's Eve. And then you got that glimpse of Iron Man 1, Tony Stark, the cocky womanizer brash guy because it shows how far he's come when we eventually get to present day. So do you guys have favorite quotes or scenes from this film? Definitely all of the scenes with the kid are my Mm -hmm. favorite scenes. The bed scene I just mentioned is my favorite gag in the whole movie that had me actually laughing out loud. Um, And I do have favorite quotes, but why don't you go first, Anthony? Okay. So I liked how the film was framed with Tony Stark narrating and you think he's just narrating to the audience, but then you find out at the end, he's talking to a doctor and in the after, like a psychiatrist, you think, but then in the after credit scene, you find out he's lying on the couch of Dr. Bruce Banner, the Hulk. And uh, Tony Stark looks over after he finishes his story and Bruce Banner's asleep and he's like, I'm sorry, did I disturb your selective napping? And Bruce Banner, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not that kind of doctor. It's not my department. <laughs> it's my temperament. <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. And that's one of the things I love throughout all of these films, the relationship that develops between Tony Stark and Bruce Banner, their little bromance. I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. They have great chemistry. My favorite line is from the very beginning. And it relates to so many other things you've heard. It's not that original, but I really like that we create our own demons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's powerful stuff right there, guys. This guy literally created his own demons. Also, when uh, Tony Stark told them to take him to church, just remind me of that song that I can't stand. Hose, Hose, Hosier? Yes, yes. 
Hosier? Whatever it is. I like the line where he, they're at the diner in the little town and that flame girl is kicking his butt and all that stuff. Tony Stark says, you walked right into this one. I've dated hotter chicks than you. And she goes, is that all you've got? A cheap trick and a cheesy one-liner? And he goes, sweetheart, that could be the name of my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, aside from the little kid, my favorite character was the camera guy. Oh, I love the camera. <laughs> when he's on the phone, when he's on the phone, he's like, "Mom, I don't have to call you back. Something great's, you know, I don't remember the line. Something great's happening. Tony Stark is in my van, <laughs> and he else? had his goatee. <laughs> he tried to have <laughs> so funny. And then the line well, when he shows the him name. that tattoo, and he's like, yes. he's Tony Danza or something like that." And the guy's <laughs> name was like, "It's like Tony, like Tony Stark tells him, Tony needs Gary, and he responds to <laughs> Gary needs Tony." <laughs> Who else thinks that guy should have been played by T.J. Miller? Dude, oh my God, that yes. would have been epic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I love the part where Tony's driving and he's calling Rhodey, and he's like, "I need your login." And Rhodes is like, "It's the same as it's always been, War Machine '68." And Tony Stark's like, "And the password, please." And Rhodes is like, look, I got to change every time you hack in, Tony. And Tony Stark is like, it's not the 80s. Nobody says hack anymore. Give me your login. And, well, first of all, Rhodey is in his full armor, like, with, like, a, <laughs> holding people at gunpoint. There's, like, his arms out. And he's like, War Machine rocks with an X, all caps. <laughs> and the people he's holding up laugh, and he, like, cocks his gun, like, the pulse lights up. It's so funny. Oh, that is so funny. I also like it when Killian, like when they've got War Machine finally out of his suit and he's trying to hang, you know, with no suit and, uh, and Killian shoots that fire out of his mouth and War Machine's like, you shoot fire out of your mouth? All right. <laughs> like, oh, snap. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. Oh, man. And all of this hilarious stuff about how his name is no longer War Machine, but it's Iron Patriot. And they changed it because <laughs> War Machine was what a little aggressive. Aggressive. He wanted something that <laughs> really made me laugh, too. So I, I loved the scene. And it was at the beginning. It was after Happy Hogan gets hurt in that explosion and Tony Stark is leaving the hospital and he just kind of has it and just snaps and gives his address to the reporters and just challenges the Mandarin live on TV. I thought that was great. Also some of Trevor's stuff, like when he comes out of the bathroom and says to those girls in the lingerie, Oh, I would have gone there for 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) All of the Trevor stuff with that accent coming out of that face. You're just like, that's Sir Ben Kingsley. <laughs> oh right. Gosh. Oh. I wonder how much I, of his stuff was improv. I don't know. I would I bet a lot of it probably was. Because I know like the rambling. Because you can tell he's rambling. And I wonder how much of the rambling is improv. Because I love Robert Downey Jr. is known for like improving a lot. So they probably mm-hmm. had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Also, there was a reference to a Christmas story in this film. Yes, Tony there Stark was. Says, the there boy. Was. I love Gina Christmas story, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And then you can see a little, the case of a Charlie Brown Christmas at the beginning next to the record player playing the Christmas music at the very beginning. You mentioned you liked so much. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things like 
we're in agreement this isn't a christmas film it's at christmas but the little sprinklings of christmas we did get throughout in the background just in terms of the scenery i thought i mean i it i liked it it was fun mm-hmm. it added enjoyment to me there's some eye sure. candy there was definitely eye candy before we rank does this film have a linus moment anywhere I mean, you could argue that Tony Stark's, yeah. The arc, the whole arc with the kid and yep. what Tony learns from the kid and the, the he's a different character at the end. Mm-hmm. I think so. His sacrifice for Pepper. A, right. I don't think it's a moment so much as a growth, a Linus yeah. growth. Yep. <laughs> oh, I don't like that. Stop that. That's bad. That's that's. You should say bad. a Grinch growth, since the Grinch actually grows his heart. You say growth, and I think like a big brown wart. That's bad. Tony Stark should get that checked out by a doctor. He should get that looked at. Okay, so are we ready to rank this? Yeah. Yes. Three okay. and three quarters. Three point nine nine. I'm going with a five point nine, which puts this at four point five four. Which puts this in between The Night Before and A Bad Mom's Christmas at number 31. Oh. And, it's, and it's funny because Batman Returns is literally the one right above The Night Before. So they bookend The Night Before. That's kind of cool. I think yeah. it should be above The Night Before. I think it should too, but it should not be above Batman Returns to me. No. Mm-hmm. Batman Returns no. definitely looked more wintry and Absolutely. I mean they had that big Christmas tree they kept showing a million times and yeah. Mm-hmm. Well it's a better movie, right? I would agree. Yeah. yeah, it was. So speaking of movies, before we move on and close this out, did you guys see the Star Wars trailer? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's happening in it, but I am excited about it. Uh the laugh, the Emperor's laugh at the end. Well, that I know what's going on. I'm talking about everything else. I know, but I mean, that bringing the freaking emperor back. How cool is that? I love that. Uh, who's surprised by this? I, I was. I done been calling that. I mean, it's a nice way to tie together all nine films, right? Bring back the ultimate yes. baddie. Yes. I'm very excited. And I love the shot of the destroyed Death Star in the ocean right yes. before him. And Ray is just, she looks really awesome. Oh, and Leia, hugging Leia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, I can't wait. So many yeah. good, stu- so much good stuff coming out this year. So much good stuff ending this summer. Right? <laughs> what else is ending? I mean, it's the end of the Game Marvel of the run. It's the end of Star Wars. It's the end of... Game of Thrones, Tom. I'm, well, they're they're yeah. doing a, a spinoff though, so we'll have something about else. the main story. Yeah, but we have Stranger Things coming out in July, which I'm excited about. Hmm. Um. There's other good stuff. So this is fun. I would love to hear our listeners' thoughts on this movie, whether it's a Christmas movie or not, and how they would rank all the Marvel films. Do you know where they could do that, Julia? They can do that on any of our social media sites. You can easily find our social media by going to tisthepodcast.com slash enter your social media site here. So slash Twitter, slash Instagram, slash Facebook, um, and interact with us where you prefer. I know some of y'all out there really love Twitter. Some of y'all like Instagram, and we have a whole bunch of people that like Facebook and Reddit. Um, So find us where is comfortable for you. And we will be there waiting to 
have some great conversations. I'm just going to clarify that if you type into the podcast slash enter your social media site here, you get uh, you go to a page that says, oops, dot, 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 error 404. We are sorry, but the page you're looking for does not exist. So make sure you clarify what page you're looking for. Literally. I, th- I think Julie was giving people a little more credit than Anthony is. One of those sites you can go to is Tis the Podcast slash Patreon, and you can get our entire unedited episode from last week, and it was pretty darn funny. Several other episodes that we have only shared there, like our Halloween episodes, our Thanksgiving episodes, our Clue episode, and uh, get some cool Tis the Podcast swag. You know what else is pretty darn funny, though, Tom? The TV show we're covering next week, which I am so excited for, we are covering the Parks and Recreation Christmas episodes, I'm so which include season two, episode 12, Christmas special, season five, episode nine, Ron and Diane. I think those are the only two. Correct me if I'm wrong. The week after, we're covering... Another TV show, To Be Determined. <laughs> Guys, 5,640 hours. 240 days. Only 34 weeks until Christmas. It's not bad. We already pa- we already passed Easter. Only a, f- a few more holidays till Christmas. Yep. So do your homework. Watch some Parks and Rec. As if you needed another excuse to. It's a great show. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.